The podcast world is growing bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's Tip Jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Pizza City once you're there. And then with the sausage and the finocchiona and, you know, the funk of that just cure and, you know, the brightness of the tomato sauce, it's, I mean, I, I think it's the best pizza in the United States. A Kansas boy whose dad hailed from St. Louis grew up in the Midwest, happily devouring Emo's tavern-style pies with processed Provel cheese. After a move to New York City, working for Jean-Georges Vangerichten, then traveling the world, opening restaurants for him, he moved back to the city and seven years ago opened Speedy Romeo, where he creates artisan pies with impressive leopard spotting. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to episode three, everybody. This is our move across the country. We started episode one out in California, then we had Deep Dish in Chicago two weeks ago. We're in New York City now, um, as inevitably most pizza quests will end in New York City. But we're not ending here, of course. We've got many more shows to go. Um, But we did, for this first three weeks, wanted to kind of move across the country. And we are in New York City, but we're not having a New York slice. We're going to have, I call this an artisan pie. Uh, Some people call it a neo-Neapolitan pie. Um, We are talking about uh, Justin Bazdrich's pizzas at Speedy Romeo. There are two Speedy Romeos in New York, um, one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan. And uh, he's quite a guy. I really enjoyed meeting him about a year, year and a half ago. And I was uh, running through New York City doing my sort of earning my street credit, if you will, um, talking and eating and just consuming as much pizza as I could in about a five-month span. So when I did the Pizza City USA book about Chicago, I reached out to a couple of friends of mine and writers, uh, people like Mark Rosati, who's a culinary director at Shake Shack, and uh, Lawrence Weibman, who does uh, First We Feast, used to be a producer over at The Chew. And I asked these guys, you know, give me your must-visit list. You guys live there. You know the the Pizza City. You know the scene there as, as well as anybody. So they gave me 56 places. And I'd been to six of them previously. And so I planned uh, four trips over the course of five months, checking off the other 50. Um, Now, since then, I've been to about 60 total. And I really discovered about five predominant styles in New York. Those are, of course, Slice, which is really everywhere. Um, Artisan, Neapolitan, Sicilian, and Grandma. Grandma is really just kind of a short Sicilian. It doesn't have a data to prove or to rest. It just push the dough into the oiled pan, top it, and bake it. And you see the grandmas all over the place. The grandma, by the way, at Sophia Pizza Shop, as well as uh, at Best out in Williamsburg, are really, really notable. So anyway, um, 
I met Justin early in this quest, and I did just kind of a Brooklyn uh, jag. I kind of went all over Brooklyn. I stayed in Bed-Stuy, and I just you know, hit as much as I could in that area. And uh, so this guy, Justin, um, he started, I think, in about 2001, working for Jean-Georges Van Gerichten. And you do see this more in New York than in, in other cities where the pizza, pizzaolos or pizza makers or just people who have pizza places have worked for some pretty high-end folks and have had a lot of experience in the culinary field. Kind of like uh, like Matthew Highland over at uh, Pizza Loves Emily and Emmy Squared. You know, he went to... I think he went to Institute of Culinary Education. He worked at Public. He worked at Pizza Moto. Launched the Breslin. Uh, that doesn't happen every day. So anyway, Justin worked for Jean George. I think he said he peeled garlic for like three days straight. Uh, he went to Perry Street. He was chef de cuisine. He traveled around the world for him, opening up restaurants all over the place. Um, he started working at Mercer Kitchen in the basement. I think that was the first time he really made pizza professionally. And had to really translate this to places like in Doha, Qatar, and in Istanbul. And um, really uh, translating this sort of neo-Neapolitan or artisan style. And so, you know, in the book, in my book, I talk about the difference there. And I think, you know, when you say neo-Neapolitan, it does imply the wood-burning oven, probably double-zero flour, um, at least... 850, 900 degrees Fahrenheit you know, baking. Um, but I think it's more artisan because of the moisture content in the dough and the longer fermentation time. I mean, these guys are doing minimum two days of rest. And I believe it's a 48-hour rest on the dough at Speedy Romeo. So I sat down with Justin Bazridge recently, um, and we talked about how he got into the business and his specific style that he is making at Speedy Romeo. Pizza here at Speedy Romeo is... Uh, we definitely use a Neapolitan style dough, um, but then when it comes to our toppings, I think we're pretty unique and eclectic, if you will. When you say Neapolitan style dough, that's double zero flour? That's double zero flour. That is uh, uh, pretty much a 48 hour ferment. Um, so we are doing, you know, 24 hours outside of the refrigerator room temp to rise. The next day we shape into balls. Um, and then put them onto trays, and then those go into the walk-in for another 24 hours. So, and you know, so the ne- Neapolitans are, pick- are cr- specific about the oven temperature as well. Correct. Yeah, that's where I definitely mentioned style, Neapolitan style, because you can, uh, um, you know, get some pretty crazy uh, technical. You know, there's rules to be a real Neapolitan style pizza or type, and so, you know, I'm sure we break every one. Um, but well, give me one example. How do you break that rule or those rules? I actually think one of the Neapolitan rules is they make the dough that day. They serve it that day. That may be, I think that's one of the rules where maybe 48 hours has nothing to do with it. Maybe the only reason we have a Neapolitan style is because we, you know, we love those like leopard spots on the crust. And we feel that when we ferment it for longer, we get that effect around the outside. And I, one, love that char um, you know, the little bits of char and not really the kind of browning or if you almost bake the pizza, you know, we we try to work in a fine line of kind of like searing the crust and almost, you know, as well as baking. So it's not, you know, if you bake the pizza too much, it tends to be a little dry on the outside. I was going to say, you don't refer to the, the lip as a cornicione either That's in Clinton it. Hill. The oven, though, it's all wood fired. It's all hardwood, it looks like. Uh, how hot does it get? Over 900 degrees? Definitely in the back where the fire is, it's over 1,000. But where we cook, we try to keep it in a 750 to 800 degree zone. That's the temp of the deck. 
Um, we'll temp the side walls and see what those are, and we want those to come out to about the same temp. Um, but it's interesting. We use two. We have two different ovens at both locations. So here we have a uh, Mujniani brand oven, which is an oval shape. So it's a different. We have a different placement where we sort of set the fire at uh, sort of I guess 11 o'clock inside the oven. Where in the Lower East Side we have a Pavese oven, and we have the the fire at a three o'clock. And so that Pavese oven is round, and so we get a lot more circulation in that round oven. So, you know, if you look at some of our pizzas from day one when we opened this place, they are they look nothing like the pizzas we're serving now. And uh, so you know. how have you learned then over the years? What have you been tweaking, like your recipe, or the fermentation time, the temperature inside? Like, what have you found uh, has helped you improve the pizza? I think the first thing that we did to improve the pizza was the 48-hour ferment. We were first going, we would make the dough, let it sit out overnight, shape it into balls, leave it at room temp, and then use it that day. Um, and so that's when we found we were just kind of getting like a brown crust that would tend to like char and burn. We originally had sugar, a little bit of sugar in the dough in the beginning, and then we took that out because we knew that that was causing more caramelization in the dough. Um, and then we, we decided to do the, the 24 hours more in the refrigerator. And once we did that, then that's when we started getting those leopard spots around the outside. We used to have the fire in the very back of the oven in uh, the Brooklyn location where the flame sort of just flowed right over the pizza and right out the flue. I think we've learned the most from just actually going to other restaurants and sort of just seeing what they've been doing and taking cues from them. And Trial and error obviously is a, is a wonderful thing and you should talk a little bit about your background um, in the culinary space. You weren't just making pizzas uh, as a kid, you actually worked for some pretty um, high-level chefs here, Jean-Georges uh, being one, yeah? Correct, yes. I, uh, I started working for Jean-Georges in about 2001, I believe, and I started as an intern. Um, I peeled garlic for three days straight. Uh, after that, I... Builds character. Yeah, I, um, then I, uh, I left. I, it was just like I, I was doing an internship. I left there. I ended up coming back. I got a, I got a job as a line cook in the Nougatine Cafe. Um, from there, I just kept getting promoted. And, you know, the only reason that I got promoted was just this sort of mantra that I, I have and I try to instill in all my employees is how do we make it better tomorrow than it was today? How do I, how, am, how can I be better tomorrow than I was today? Or how do we do it better today than yesterday? Um, and so with that, I just made sure to never, never make a mistake um, again or twice. Um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I just tried to, to make sure to not do it um, again. And from there, I, you know, I worked every station at John George. I became the sous chef there. Then John George asked me to to go to Perry Street, to open Perry Street. So Greg Brainin, who was the chef de cuisine at Jean Georges when I was working there, uh, was taken out to open Perry Street and he chose me to come with him. So it was just the two of us cutting board next to cutting board in the basement at Perry Street, um, creating all the recipes together, coming up with the dishes with his lead 100%. Um, and then from there, then we opened three stars, New York Times, we got a Michelin star. Um, Never making pizza along the way. Never making pizza until um, I ended up being Greg left, and I was the chef de cuisine at at uh, Perry Street for three years. And after that, um, I put all the. 
I think I had probably 80% of the menu items were my recipes, and so I'd learned that to create a dish. Um, and from there, they asked me to travel with them um, to open restaurants around the world. And so at those restaurants, many of them were in hotels. And so all of those restaurants were kind of similar to his Mercer Kitchen uh, restaurant um, menu. And so that had pizza. So that's where the that's where I started. You know, I learned how to shape a ball of dough at Mercer Kitchen in the basement with the with his cooks there. Um, and then I had to take that on the road and, you know, teach people in uh, Doha, Qatar to, you know, make pizza and um, Istanbul. And I mean, I was all over the world doing all his recipes, but that's where the pizza started. And um, so you distill this experience uh, to, to open up Speedy Romeo six years ago. Um, you have in mind a particular style you're going to do. You said kind of a Neapolitan-ish, but with very different toppings. So how did that come together? Well, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a Kansas kid. Um, my dad grew up in St. Louis, and so we'd go to St. Louis for the holidays all the time. Emos. 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 <laughs> um, you know, and my dad is an Italian-American, um, so his mother was uh, fully Italian, and she would make her own ravioli and make her own focaccia kind of uh, scacciata she called it it was kind of like just a, it's basically a focaccia but um you know she'd make the dose from scratch and like all those like flavors and memories and scents were you know what what i've been so passionate and it was things that i didn't really do at jean George, but things that you know i saw in like the mario batali restaurants that like just kind of i don't know made my heart sing if you will um but from there, we you know we'd go to St. Louis. We'd eat these like you know big pasta dinners with fresh meatballs that we'd make and everything from scratch. And at the end of the night, we'd always make a run to Emos to get um, these pizzas with this Provel cheese on it and cut into squares and super crunchy crust. Supposedly, a story a customer told me once was that Provel was created by the mayor, a, a former mayor of. St. Louis that wanted to put the city on the map based on this cheese and he wanted to invent a cheese that had the same consistency hot or cold and so it's almost what's achieved it's crazy because it's a you know it's definitely a processed cheese it's almost the consistency of like a soft American um, not as soft as a Velveeta but close and then on the package it says a mixture of provolone cheddar and Swiss which is an impossibility to say the least. When we come back, Justin tells me about how he approaches building his pizzas, which includes making his own mozzarella and grinding his own sausage. He also tells us about a pizza he created with the folks from Katz's Deli. Definitely an only in New York City experience. Then later we'll preview a scene from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. This year, make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care Of's monthly subscription vitamin service. Whether you're focused on glowing skin, boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, or generally just being healthy, you can build a vitamin routine that's made just for you and your health goals. Here's the cool thing. They have an online quiz lets you know exactly what you need. I took it. takes about three, four minutes. Uh, it's kind of fun, actually. And they ask you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. 
Um, and here's the thing, you can really focus on what your priorities are. So mine obviously is digestion and my sleep. Those are two the most important things for me. So they will send me a customized packet of vitamins each month. It's very easy, convenient. It's hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking. Care of delivers daily vitamin and supplement packs customized to your recommendations to promote personal health and wellness. Here's the deal, just for our listeners. Uh, you get 50% off your first month of personalized Care of Vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Pizza50. That's for 50% off your first month of personalized Care of Vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com, enter Pizza50. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Justin Bazderich this week, the owner, chef, Pizzaolo at Speedy Romeo, which has a pair of locations in New York City. We alluded to his Midwestern upbringing in our last segment. He's from Kansas, but his dad was from St. Louis, and that, of course, inspires his St. Louis pie, which, if you're from there, you might associate with Emo's. I've been to Emo's. Um, that Provel is an interesting product. Um, it is technically not cheese. <laughs> it does melt really interestingly, though. has an interesting flavor. Um, I don't... I'm not a huge fan of Emos, mainly because of the of the dough and the crust. Um, the main one, the mothership that I went to, is right across from their main factory uh, in downtown, and it just does not have a lot of a lot of interesting character crunch to it. Um, so anyway, Justin's version is on a different planet from Emos. Really, his pizza actually has a crust you want to eat, uh, but the Provel makes its way out east in a delicious starring roll on a square cut bar pie in the heart of the city. Yeah, so our St. Louis pizza um, is, you know, we sourced, we did a little R&D before we opened this restaurant. We went to Italy and, um, you know, we understood the importance of a beautiful tomato. And from there, we uh, sourced this beautiful tomato from um, Naples, a cooperative of farmers. Uh, we do a simple sauce on the base of the dough. Um, we get a, uh, a great hot soppressata that we slice thin, layer that over, fresh Italian sausage we make here, lots of fennel seed toasted in that, um, layered with Provel cheese, baked off. When it comes out, we cut it into squares, and then we, we pickle Italian long hot peppers, slice them thin, and then garnish the pizza. Garnish the pizza with that, so that creamy, rich, umami cheese has that kind of sharp, spicy, acidic, um, chili to cut that um and then with the sausage and the finocchiona and you know the funk of that just cure and you know the brightness of the tomato sauce it's i mean i, I think it's the best pizza in the united states <laughs> it's the only one you slice squares here yeah, everything else is wedges but that's a square slice kind of like a chicago thin style yeah yeah i had to honor the uh the party cut if you will um you know and i, I selfishly brought this I mean, when I knew we were going to do pizza here and do a wood-burning oven, I, I hands down, was like, I'm going to get, I got to get Provel in. You know, fu funny enough, I used to, when I didn't have the restaurant and I was working for JG, I would bring Provel home from Kansas City. Um, I would then order a Domino's thin and crispy pizza with no cheese on it. <laughs> They would come, I would put the Provel on it, put it under the broiler in my apartment, and, you know, gold, gold mine. You knew a future in the culinary arts would be uh, not too long, not too far away. So <laughs> you are making your own mozzarella, too, is that right? 
Yeah, um, yeah, we, he's actually doing it right now. You know, our, our kitchens are all wood burning, so I mean, it looks like he's got a big witch pot of uh, water on top of a fire over there right now. Um, but we buy curd from Leone Lacicini in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Um, you know, we push the curd through a, a mesh grid, um, make it into little 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 chunks. We pour the hot water over it. Um, you know, do sort of your traditional style. Um, and so we do a seasonal appetizer with that mozzarella all year long. You know, right now is butternut squash, brown butter, golden raisins, um, sourdough toast. Uh, just a, one of my favorite dishes we we serve here. And then the rest of the cheese we chill overnight and then um, use on top of the pizza. So there's a couple of the pizzas that get um, fresh mozzarella here. Um, and, uh, and then a lot of other pizzas kind of have a variety of cheeses on them. You mentioned you have two stores. Another one is Lower East Side in New York. You have a particular uh, pizza you do there only that you were telling me about. I have not tried it yet, but it's kind of an homage to Katz's in the Lower East Side. Can you explain that pizza? Yeah, um, I'd done a, uh, a chef collaboration pizza with, uh, with Billy Durney um, from Hometown Barbecue a couple years ago here in Brooklyn, and we used his pastrami bacon. Um, and so we sort of made this kind of like Reuben to the nth degree. Um, and from there, uh, you know, it came off the menu. We just ran it for a little while here. But then when we opened Lower East Side Store, you know, we were so close to Katz's. I wanted to sort of just kind of like meld the old with uh, us being the new, and we asked them if we could use their pastrami on the, uh, you know, on a similar pizza to what we did here, and um, you know they had to try it first. It was very funny. We had to bring it over there for the owner to taste test it, and you know he's just like, you have no idea what people bring us. Like, you know, we don't even know there's our pastrami in the in the dish they bring us back. So. You know, they were very pleased with what we were doing, um, and it has a, a, a Dijon bechamel as the base sauce. Um, we slice the Katz's pastrami. We get it whole, so it's just an incredible thing to have laying around the kitchen. Uh, many a sandwich has been made real on the fly over there. Um, and so, you know, we slice the Katz's thin. We uh, put that on top of the pizza. We smoke whole red cabbage in the wood-burning oven we peel off the charred outer uh outer leaves and and uh, slice thin the inside which is like sweet and smoky Um, mix that with some regular white sauerkraut Uh, place that on top of the pizza fontina cheese egg wash on the crust and then we make our own um everything bagel spice mix which is your poppy seed sesame seed garlic chips onion flakes um and so we sprinkle that around the outside bake it off when it comes out we make a house-made thousand island dressing with katz's pickles as well um and i mean it's just crazy i mean i had a slice of it the other day and i like just like i was my i myself was in in shock how good it is i want that for like a passover rosh hashanah dinner that that sounds fantastic next time i come to new york i know where i'm going last question um i want to ask everybody in the series you know they've they've gone down these rabbit holes when they get into dough when they get into cheese when they get into sauce you just you can kind of go and go and go and people think pizza is so easy it's a couple of ingredients as you just explained you know you make your own sausage you source your curds give me one lesson uh that you have 
taken with you uh, over the several years you've been working on this, uh, sort of called Pizza Wisdom, I guess, that you, I guess, would give to your younger self or to someone who's starting off in the pizza business? One, one bit of advice, uh, a bit of wisdom that you've learned from doing this. I think, as mentioned before, the, you know, the best thing and what I try to offer to all cooks and new people coming into the business is to um, you know, be humble make sure that your way isn't the best way and that there's somewhere out there a better way to do it. Eat your pizza, I would say too. Um, you know, make sure that you know what it tastes like. As soon as the pizza comes out of the oven, it's not done. You know, we add more to it. There's some pizzas, we have a summer pizza with corn and um, fresh tomatoes and pancetta and um, ricotta that gets uh, you know, when it comes out of the oven, it's it's fresh squeezed lemon juice, ground chili flake, the beautiful olive oil we get from Sicily. You know, so we, we basically garnish the pizza when they come out of the oven. It's a real chef's approach to making pizza. Yeah, what, one last thing is what I'd like to say is just, you know, pizza is like a, it's putting food on an edible plate. You know, you, you could treat it in the exact same way that, you know, I'm just putting food on this plate, but actually the dough that we're putting the food on top of is actually going to be the vehicle to get this in your mouth, so... Great advice. Justin, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. And that will do it for this week's show, Episode 3, here in the books. Uh, Coming up in two weeks, we head to Detroit, home of Buddies, where the Detroit-style pizza started in 1946. Because our dough doesn't have oil in it, a lot of the knockoff pizzas put oil into their dough, which allows the dough to be um, chewier as it sits. With our type of dough, um, it doesn't sit for long periods of time because, again, it doesn't have that uh, shortening inside of it. I talk with the man in charge of carrying on the Buddy's legacy of soft, spongy, square-cut pies with crispy cheese perimeters and just two racing stripes of sauce. That's in two weeks on February 15th. I produced and edited today's show. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. You can find more information about this show in previous episodes at pizzacityusa.com including Instagram links for Speedy Romeo. And be sure to download the Himalaya app and rate us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, optimal bite ratio is the key to pizza happiness. 